There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. And more. This is our town. This is our time. This is our evolution. Tickets for this elevated bourbon and barbecue experience over two days in Forest Park are on sale now. But you can win your way in on the TMA app. If you don't have it, find out how to get it at TMASTL.com. Live from the Michelob Ultra Studios, KPNTFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. This is TMA All Day. And as moist as a freshly baked Betty Crocker cake. The Ryan Kelly Morning After. KPNTFM HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Morning after. This is the nine o'clock hour. Live from the Michelob Ultra Studios. We'll have the design air, heating, cooling email of the day coming up in about oh, 35 minutes or so. But right now, we have the voice of the dogs, STL City SC radio voice. That's Joey Zanaboni on the phone lines. Joey, good morning, fine sir. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, and I want to get into STL City versus Nashville coming up, but I think uh, we've got a bunch of texts in our EDF group text inbox uh, wondering what your thoughts were on the United States men's national team game last night against Mexico in the CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, wild game. USA wins up, ends up winning 3 nothing. Did you watch the game yesterday? Did you enjoy the game yesterday? And uh, your uh, interest level generally in non-World Cup USA soccer. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I thought it was a phenomenal performance. Uh, let's start right there. You talk about Pulisic, you talk, talk about uh, Pepe going off and scoring. I mean, he dominated the whole game, stepped into tackles hard and went in and really brought it to Mexico. Uh, physicality was awesome. You know, you've got uh, Valigan now kind of finding a way into uh, the U.S. program and finding a way. I think he's going to be absolutely huge. You know, what I'd like to see from USA, and now that Greg Berhalter is back as a head coach, and to some extent, yes, that did kind of overshadow uh, the result a little bit last night. I'd like to see him against those teams from around the world that they have struggled with against, uh, you know, the Netherlands and teams of that kind of uh, that kind of stature on that kind of tier. Finding that success under Berhalter is really the next step. It's really cool to beat. Mexico, I think that obviously it's it's a great rivalry. It's one of the best rivalries in international soccer. Uh, right now, Team Mexico is a little bit on the downside as far as where their program has been. Credit the Americans and credit this program for taking them down. Let's make that next step, though, and let's really find our way onto the upward curve as we go into the World Cup here in the United States in 2026. Absolutely, and a game which featured four red cards, including Weston McKinney getting uh, sent off. That is, uh, that's something to behold. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, yesterday. I mean, it, it's a, it is such a, a wild rivalry, yeah. and it got a little bit ugly last night. You know, you hope that there's a, a little more civility that's uh, returned uh, to the to the rivalry. Um, you know, and some of that was was on the fans saying inappropriate things and things like that from the the stands last night. Mm -hmm. uh, but even with all the news swirling and even with all the stuff you know going on, uh, you got to give them a lot of credit because I think CP10s in next year in Europe for a big year, and I think we're seeing the emergence of some really exciting young stars for the U.S. men's national team. 
Yeah, maybe. I, I see the, the referee even stopped the game a few minutes early because of what the fans were chanting. What, what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, inappropriate things. You know, soccer is a, a game for everyone. And the exclusionary kind of language that was being chanted, I really think probably longer than the referees were giving that credit for. I think those chants were happening, you know, over the course of the game. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame when stuff like that gets hurled from the stands and, and it's, you know, just terribly inappropriate uh, type of stuff. Uh, you know, the guys on the field came out. I know Matt Turner after the game condemned it. And, you know, they're looking forward, I think, to, to continuing on with their performance. And they're hoping that the fans will always treat people respectfully and always be respectful in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. Weston McKinney, ripped shirt, you know, whole Doug show and chest uh, yesterday. Uh, and, Joey, that leads me into, I think, what a lot of people are thinking right now with Messi coming to the MLS, uh, the U.S. men's national team performing better than they have in a long time, and the games coming to North America, the World Cup coming to North America in 2026. I feel like for the longest time, I'm only 25 years old, but I felt like in 2010 this was being said, 2014, probably my entire lifetime. It's like, when is the moment for U.S. soccer? And I feel like right now we're on the precipice of something incredible with one of the best players of all time coming to play for Inter-Miami on top of having the World Cup in North America. What are your thoughts right now on the state of U.S. soccer, and do you see a big jump coming in the next four years or so? Yeah, yeah, I really do. I mean, it's an inflection point. When you look at payrolls in the MLS, when David Beckham came along about 15 years ago, I think it was something like 1.8 million or 2 million was the salary cap. Uh, and now you look at it, the salary cap is 25 million. And with Messi and his friends potentially as well from around the world joining him in the MLS, I think that's going to absolutely explode. And we're going to see that salary cap get much closer to what it is in in the NFL and the NBA and, and leagues like that. Uh, you know, as far as the international team goes, I think if the U.S. men's national team puts on a great performance at the World Cup in 2026, I think that's going to capture the hearts and minds of so many people around this country. Uh, it's an unbelievable opportunity for this team. And I just really hope that in the lead-up that all these great networks and all the great support systems for the uh, U.S. men's national team, you know, really step up and show the game. I'd like to see games like that one last night between USA and Mexico. Granted that it was on uh, uh, Paramount Plus, but I'd like to see that on linear CBS. I'd like to see that on TV because I think the games are really exciting. And sometimes you see drama. Sometimes you see things that you, you thought you would not see necessarily just from a soccer game. So I hope people step up. I think Messi's going to help with that quite a bit. You know, for me, it's not even quite what he does on the field. It's just him being here and his presence, I think it will be difficult. I might be in the uh, the minority here, but I do think it will be difficult, even with Leo Messi, for Inter-Miami to ultimately succeed. I don't think they're going to turbocharge their way through the MLS. I think that there's a lot of talent in the MLS. And one thing that we've seen is that you know teams with one superstar player uh, often find it difficult to uh, make their way up the table. So, you know, as far as it goes, I think it's going to be – formidable what they'll put together in Miami, but I think you're going to get the best of both worlds where I don't think they're just going to run through the league uh, while also they simultaneously, I think, will uh, increase just the visibility and the popularity of the MLS around America. When people have the discussion, why hasn't men's U.S. soccer kept up with some of the other top countries in the world the argument is always, well, we don't have our best athletes playing soccer, and the other side is we don't have the best training and the coaches. Well, which do you think it is, or is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I mean, I think it's catching up. Uh, there's some sort of rankings that World Soccer does for where each league is and where kind of the level of performance is. And, and right now I think the MLS is in what's called band three with a chance to move up into band two and into – get you know closer to just that level overall that consistent level that you know the belgian league has and that the the championship in england has now can we get up to where the premier league is i mean that's a long-term goal that's something that i do think is possible on a long enough timeline but yeah i think that over the next decade or so it's very possible to move into band two because I think that the level of play here in America has elevated to the point, it's a tipping point, where that 
great talent from around the world is willing and interested to come over and uh, give it a shot. And I think the MLS offers some destinations like the town of Miami that are appealing to people from around the world, give them great opportunities, give them a chance for a great lifestyle. And uh, we'll see where we are after Messi. But I, I, I do really believe that the next crop of superstars is going to come in uh, from around the world, but also that that next crop of superstars is here from America. When you look at Christian Pulisic winning a Champions League and being able to put that on his resume and now being in his mid-20s, that next generation, they're going to know that that's possible, and they're almost going to take that for granted where that's going to be something that's not really a headline-grabbing thing that an American won the Champions League, that an American has success in Europe. I think now it's almost something that's baked in, and I think it's just going to make everything better. Yeah, I think that's a great point, especially on Pulisic. You know, that's just it, it should no longer be such a big news story, which is great to see. Uh, moving on to St. Louis City SC in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch today, an article talking about City SC's first free TV game, which is, of course, on Channel 2, outdrew mm-hmm. one of Cardinals' three weekend telecasts. Joey, as both a baseball and soccer guy yourself, do you notice around town that the conversations that you see are more talking about City, less of like this like novelty thing and more of like a, People are really into it. They more, know more about soccer than they ever have, and it's kind of uh, becoming more and more in the culture, the, the conversation of sports culture in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's right on time because I think we're getting close to starting to make that playoff push. I mm-hmm. mean, tomorrow night in Nashville, 730, tune in on Y98. That is the last game of the first half, and you look at where City is right now, I mean, you're probably talking about being about five wins away from clinching a playoff berth. So they are right there, and then you can start to push into home field advantage, getting a home playoff game at City Park, and, and beyond that, perhaps even more. So I think it's, it's following the natural course of things for a team that is in contention. And, you know, right now for, for City, that is kind of a, a solitary position in the St. Louis sports scene where, you know, the Cardinals, I still think that team can turn it around. I know some people would disagree with me. I still think they could turn it around and maybe make a push in a week NL Central. Uh, but for the moment, St. Louis City is in first place in the Western Conference. And people are kind of absorbing it more as uh, just sort of the standard sports. We're, we're looking at where there are they in the standings. Can they make the playoffs? Who's active? Who's going to be out on the field next week rather than just, uh, you know, it's this new thing, and it's it's almost sort of a, a novelty just having it. So seeing it get integrated into the natural course of things is a welcome, welcome sight. And I think this team's going to electrify some people down the stretch of the season because I still think the best thing is still to come for St. Louis City. I mean, talking about this summer, getting Joao Klaus back from the – from the quad injury, getting Joachim Nielsen, who might be the best defender we have. He has not played a minute this season because of knee surgery last summer. Getting him back, uh, getting the team really together at full strength as it was designed, plus the transfer window uh, opening up here in just a few weeks. I mean, I think the sky's the limit. And I think people are hungry for, for playoff success and for a run of the championship. And, you know, if it's not City, in the MLS, then, you know, I just have to ask who. I mean, his team is yeah. in first place in the Western Conference. They've responded to all the doubts hurled their way preseason. They've come out and put together one of the greatest performances, I think, for the first half of the season of any franchise in, in St. Louis sports history. And uh, I still think the best is, is going to come. Well, they'll have their hands full tomorrow night in Nashville. Yeah. And they'll see maybe the best player in the league in Hanny Mukhtar. Second, they're he, second in the East. Yeah. Is he about the best player going right now in the league? He is a Landon Donovan MLS MVP as of last year. Uh, won that. I mean, 17 goal contributions. He scored 10 times. He's put together seven assists. You really can't argue with numbers. When I look at Nashville, I'll just say this. I think they're an excellent team. And they got a guy in goal. Uh, people know him, Joe Willis, from Chaminade here in mm-hmm. St. Louis. He's in his mid-30s now. He's been doing a phenomenal job in goal for them. He's probably right there in the top two with Roman Berkey as the best goalies in the MLS. So front to back, I mean, they've got a strong team. That being said, I don't think they're invincible. And I, I just, boy, I'll tell you, I have not seen a single team in the MLS where I said, eh, we could not beat them. You know, they're too good. They're too talented. I haven't seen any team like that. There's been a, a result or two that City would want back. You think back to April and Seattle lost that one 3-0. Uh, but 
you look at what's happened since. You look at just the ebbs and flows of the season. Uh, I think that City has the ability to beat anybody, and I think it's just about going out there and coming out with more energy and coming out with more enthusiasm, more excitement to be there. It's tough to do on the road. But I think that City can limit Luke Turley. See other teams do that and kind of take him out of the game, as City did against, say, Sebastian Gruzzi with Austin and some of these other star players. I think they have a formula for doing that, making somebody else beat him. And, you know, without Klaus in the lineup, and unfortunately he scratched again this weekend, mm-hmm. I mean, throw everybody at the goal, whatever it takes to score. We saw Joachini get an incredible finish on a half-bicycle kick against the LA Galaxy last weekend. We've seen Tomas Ostrak and Celio Pompeo step up. We've seen some great performances. Get to the goal. Find a way. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter how it happens. Willis is a tough guy to beat, but I do think that Nashville is beatable on the road. And For City, this is a, a great, great chance to get a signature win outside of St. Louis that would go a long way in this playoff push. Yeah, I think uh, you made a great point there about getting a signature win outside of St. Louis because they've been the beneficiary of the incredible crowds that we've seen at City Park. Are you expecting a raucous atmosphere tomorrow in Nashville? And how do you think City responds to that? Yeah, I think they've got a good crowd down there. I mean, they got a good supporters base, and it's a relatively new team. I mean, Nashville is in the USL, and they ended up after a few years. Uh, do we lose Joey? I can't hear him. Hello. He's gone. Oh, there he oh, is. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. That's me. He's gone. You cut him off? I didn't touch anything. <laughs> Was it Ben Boyd with the 10 snips? <laughs> I'm sorry, Joey. Oh. Sorry, sound Joey. Like, sound like a dolphin underwater trying to do a radio show. Nice, Ned. Is that Ned Reynolds? No, I can't do a Joey Zambor. <laughs> well, hopefully. Uh, oh, poor Joey Z. He gave some great insight, though. Yeah, sorry, man. That was uh, we kind of <laughs> that was an abrupt end. Doug, you hate when the editing for the yeah, audio clips are no like good. See, yeah, like we kind of had ending. some similar there yeah. uh, with a drop phone call, but that'll happen. So that's Joey Zanaboni, the voice mm-hmm. of St. Louis City SC, aka the Dogs. You can catch him tomorrow. Uh, they they kick off at seven thirty. Doug against Nashville in Nashville. Should we just mm-hmm. go down the game right now? That'd be kind of fun. Be a fun weekend, wouldn't it? Go to oh, Nashville yeah. and see that? Yeah. That would be outstanding. And you know what else is outstanding? Get a get a party bus and drive around downtown Nashville going, whoa! That's what they all do. <laughs> Show your boobs. Well, I wouldn't do that. But I mean, every other vehicle there is a party bus with 20 people on it and half of them yelling, whoa! Like they're having the time of their lives. Bachelorette parties. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I'm texting Joey's head right now because you're apologizing. Well, I'm producing and running point, and it's kind of difficult. Heaven's I'm late. sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I was looking at a Cal May post from me and my lovely wife Joanne getting handcuffed by Eric Estrada. It was fun meeting him. Good friend. Well, okay. <laughs> What's well, going to be fun to have the uh, hair transplant here in a couple of weeks? Absolutely, too, Doug. St. Louis Hair Restoration. Dr. Paulenga is best in the business, and he is right here in St. Louis. He and the founder of the business, Craig Kraling, are there to take a, an initial consultation with you to explain all the options that you have to educate you on exactly how the process works. That's what they did for me and for Jackson, and we know going in what it all entails and what you can expect for an outcome. If you want to go to stlouishairrestoration.com, look at some of those before and after pictures. You will be amazed at some of the work they are doing. So if thinning hair, if a bad hairline, if a bald spot in the back. If it bothers you, there is something you can do about it. Go ahead. Check out stlouishairrestoration.com. You'll be very happy that you did. Yeah, and it might not necessarily be a procedure just yet. Like me personally, like I have, uh, you know, at, at the younger stage of my life, getting into the beginning of the, the male parent baldness thing, they might not want to put you in surgery. You go for that consultation. Like me, they put me on the finasteride, which is going to help hold the line, mm-hmm. see how it goes, and if that works well, on top of the laser cap that they give me, it's super easy to use. Put that on top of your head with the hair follicles, that blood flow up there to the head. That's just six minutes a day. Isn't six it? minutes, easy yeah. as pie. And then if that, you know, if that goes well, maybe we will do something like FUE for me. And I think that's going to be awesome. So that's stlouishairrestoration.com or call them at 314-384-2474. Again, stlouishairrestoration.com. Joey Zamboni's back on the line. Oh. I didn't want to end it so abruptly. No. So uh, we're going to real quick just say, hi. hey, Joey, sorry about that, sir. Hey, that's my cue, hair restoration. Man. Like, yeah. Yeah. You got to look into this. These are great guys. Yeah, this is our thing, right, man? We got we got. Oh, listen, as long as I do back hair as well, I'll be. <laughs> oh, I'll be God, you need. Back hair restoration. 
stuff on, on top restored as well. Uh-huh. Restored this call with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're just talking about the, uh, the the crowd out there in Nashville and what the city can expect as a team that's kind of been uh, the, the beneficiary of some home, some good home yeah. cooking. Now they're going to turn into some road dogs. Yeah, I mean, city has been so good at home, and that's not to take away from what this team has done on the road because there's some signature wins, I think, early in the season in Austin and Portland in Salt Lake. So I know that this team can do it. Really good crowd in Nashville. You know, I don't think Nashville's lost an MLS game since April. So they're about oh, yeah. two months without losing an official league match. So that they've they've dropped something in the Open Cup, and, and I, I do think they are vulnerable. Their fan base is fired up. Uh, great battle ahead, but a chance for a great victory as well for City. Uh, I think this would go a long way for this team's confidence to go into an atmosphere like this against a top-tier team. Now, remember that Nashville is missing Walker Zimmerman, who is into this CONCACAF final with Team USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll take on Canada here after beating Mexico yesterday. So that is something that I think is working in favor of City, where you have arguably the best defender in the MLS, not with uh, Nashville SC. So I think it's something that will work for them. And I think it's a great opportunity for these guys to uh, to step up and really show that they can do it away from the friendly and raucous atmosphere of St. Louis. Get down to Nashville and make it a successful trip. I think that goes a long way for this team. Absolutely. Final question here for you, Joey. Uh, we're coming up real soon on that summer transfer window. Wednesday, I believe Wednesday, July 5th is when it opens up for the MLS. Uh, for some fans who are not necessarily super into soccer or are now just getting into it, kind of explain that summer transfer window and what you might think St. Louis City SC could do in the summer transfer window. It's a great opportunity to add players. I'll just say that. And you look at where City is as far as payroll goes and as far as salary cap flexibility goes. I mean, they have about as much flexibility as any team in the MLS, and that's by design. I mean, you come out of the gate as an expansion franchise, you have a group of guys who are, to be honest, not 100% uh, healthy and able to go if you factor in somebody like Joachim Nielsen, who, uh, you know, has a knee surgery over the course of the summer and isn't available to start the MLS season. So you're not even 100% sure what you have as a group in its entirety. So you leave a little bit open uh, to maybe get somebody uh, come the middle of the summer. And this is an opportunity for players to get signed and to get acquired from really anywhere in the world. We've already seen some pretty unbelievable names. Leo Messi is going to transfer in when that transfer window opens up uh, after July 5th, I believe is the exact date, and that's when they can start here in the MLS, though a lot of them will be you know, really a couple weeks or maybe even a month after that where they really get acclimated and get into the game for these MLS teams. I mean, there's some great names out there, and I don't think that City has to go and sign – uh, the biggest name you've ever heard in soccer and go out and make a splashy type of move. Right from the start, Luce has been very clear that this is a designated team, and they're looking for guys that are going to fit into that. You know, when I think about City and, and just think about how this season has gone, I think it's just about creating chances, and it's just about getting the ball in front of the other team's net. It's about taking the ball away in their end, making great crosses. And I think we have guys who do that well, like Ross Bissom and Jared Stroud. I wouldn't mind seeing another guy who can just go out there and create opportunities for you. Uh, you know, there's been various names. You go on social media, you surf through it. I really have not uh, talked with Lutz and Bradley about specifics. I don't have any inside information about who they are trying to get. That being said, we did have Bradley on the pregame show on Sunday, and he said, hey, we're open to it. We feel like you know this team can get better, and we're open to anything that's going to help with that. He knows he's got the flexibility, and I think they got some guys that they're looking at here uh, over the course of the summer and long-term as well because this is still just year one of what's going to be many, many, many years here in St. Louis. So they know what the situation is. I think that Chance creation is huge. I think the team has been blessed with just such a great defense. When you talk about really six defenders factoring in Nielsen on the back line, you talk about a phenomenal job that Jabo Blom has done uh, in the middle of the field, winning balls back. And I think that the offense has been good this year. I mean, you, you can't really argue with having the most goals through 16 games in expansion franchise history. 
can we get a few more opportunities to create some chances in the other team's end? If so, I think they've got some guys that uh, might play that role, and I think that they'll fit in well with the team, and I think City will uh, find a way to, to make the most of this transfer window one way or the other. Now, Joey, I have a quick one before we let you go. I am a very uh, – I'm not – Die-hard soccer, so I do want to ask the question on Messi's contract. Is each team in the MLS paying a portion of this? What exa- I've seen different reports. Can you kind of give me the dumb layman's terms of what exactly Messi's contract is? I know he has Adidas apparel. Can you kind of go into depth on if teams in the MLS are paying that contract? Yeah, I had to Venmo $25 last <laughs> week. <laughs> 25.00, man. That's going into Messi's contract. I mean, listen, I leave that to the mathematicians. But I will say, you know, from, from my understanding is that, you know, Leo Messi's going to be probably raking in something like $52, $53 million total, which is going to put him in the top five of American athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, I think the top-paid American athlete, uh, as in athletes who play here in America, is Devin Booker and then Carl Anthony Towns. Both make about $60 million. Part, uh, a little Shout bit out to Kentucky. $56 million. Shout out to Kentucky. Absurd, you know, to think about uh, oh, Devin Booker, respect to him, making more money than Leo Messi. But I think that the cap hit for Inter Miami is far, far less than it. I think the cap hit for them is like really manageable. It's like a million dollars or something like that. So the way that they've structured this deal is uh, is pretty incredible uh, as far as keeping one MLS team with the ability to, to still operate, not putting all of their financial eggs in one basket, even if it is Leo Messi. Uh, I know he's getting some of the subscription from Apple TV. Obviously, his mm-hmm. merchandise with Adidas is already going through the roof. And then, yeah, you know, there's an agreement in the MLS for the league itself, obviously powered by the individual franchises to uh, chip in and to find a way to get the elite of the elite, like Leo Messi, to come here uh, to the MLS. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating, I think, going forward to see what kind of exceptions do they make potentially for his friends? Because, he, I mean, you're hearing all his names on hell, Di Maria, Jordi Alba, among many, many others who are talking about, should I join Leo Messi in Miami? And that's an interesting question for the league because there are salary cap restrictions and there's stuff like that. Uh, do you blow all that up in order to make a super team in Miami? Is it fair to everybody uh, if that happens, would it increase popularity in the sport in America uh, across the board? Would it get these kind of players to come to other teams as well? Uh, that's just going to be fascinating to see how they how they deal with that and how they kind of untangle the financial stuff uh, as we go forward. But I, I do fully expect at least one other superstar type player to join him at Inter Miami. And uh, I think that that is going to open the door to some of this elite-level talent coming around the league. Let me ask you a question real quick in regards to Messi. And I was talking about this last week about could could SDL City sell up with Stadium. Would they have the option, let's just say in the future, say next year, because we're going to miss him. He's not going to start until after they play here. If Messi was coming to St. Louis, could Carolyn Kendall say, all right, we're going to, can we play this game at Bush Stadium on June 28th? You guys aren't here. Can we play our game there because we can draw 50,000 people to see Messi? Would that be a possibility? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what a sort of uh, in the works or what possibilities are, are down the line. I mean, they've played some soccer at Bush Stadium. We have some venues that have, you know, pretty unbelievable capacities that, yes, I think with a star like that in town, could be filled. I mean, City Park is such an atmosphere. It's yeah, it is. Civic Stadium. I mean, it's almost one of those deals where you love to see something where you could have double the number of people. But at the same time, you know, this facility is so unbelievable. And what they've built down there is so first class that on the other side of it, you'd hate to take it out of, out of City Park. So, you know, I think that the world of possibilities is open for St. Louis soccer because we've already seen so many of those possibilities play out, not just with the MLS, but in the previous decades and this long, long history where this city's been so creative to see soccer, been so creative to see 
uh, great players come through here. Uh, I've always said this about Leeds. I've always said this about the organization. Nothing would surprise me because they are looking to the very, very top. The sky is the limit. They're always looking to grow. They're always looking to do things in a fashion that might be considered by some a little bit unorthodox. But they've got a great plan for success. And, uh, you know, when he does come, and, and I still have my fingers crossed about July 15th, there's been a lot of questions about when is Messi going to come to Miami, when is he actually going to be active for the team. Um, it would be in the transfer window. He would be uh, cleared to play if he were so to choose on July 15th at City Park when Miami does visit. Make sure you tune in on Y98 and Apple TV. Either way, uh, it's history. It's either, I think, the last game probably before Leo Messi enters the MLS or it's the first game or something like that uh, since he joined the team. So I still have my fingers crossed for July 15th. I don't think anything official has been said about that, though you're right. I think the winds are kind of saying, hey, it'll probably be later July. Um, there's going to be some pretty incredible stuff, including on June 28th at City Park. The U.S. men's national team is playing the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Make sure you get your tickets to SeatGeek.com. Uh, I mean, the level of international play that's going to come through a gem not only in the MLS, but anywhere in America as far as stadiums go, downtown West City Park is going to be mind-blowing, and I think that it's just going to continue to burnish the reputation of St. Louis as the best soccer city in America. Love to hear it. That's Joey Zanaboni, voice of St. Louis City SC. They take on Nashville tomorrow night, 7.30. Check out Joey Zanaboni on the radio broadcast. Joey, thank you for joining us. As always, sir, we really appreciate you. Hey, thanks a lot, y'all, and please do tune in 7.30 on Saturday. And then the team is back Wednesday, June 21st, against Real Salt Lake right here in St. Louis. One thing we wanted to get a word out on is uh, you can access the local broadcast via Apple TV if you just click the radio icon in the right corner on MLS Season Path. Do it often. Myself, Dale Shilley, and Jen Cease actually through your TV as a local broadcast Wednesday, June 21st, 7.30 against Real Salt Lake. Absolutely. Hmm. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you. All right, y'all. Take care. Take All right, thanks, Joey. Joey Zanaboni, voice of the dogs. Mm-hmm. First first place, Doug. We got first place ball club right. around here, and it's not who you think it is. <laughs> no, there are some parallels between the, the dogs and the blues when they first came into the market, where they were not just an expansion team and everybody was excited to have the team, but it's a, it's a sport that a lot of maybe a lot of St. Louisans didn't know a whole lot about until they got here. But then the team has immediate success, and now everybody's jumped on board. Yeah, well, they only had to beat six teams, not twenty something. But they had immediate success and went to the Stanley Cup three years in a row, whatever it took, and that really got the whole city became St. Louis became a big hockey hockey town, yeah. and that's happened in Vegas because their expansion team was so good Absolutely. early on. It's a good thing to let the let the expansion teams have some success early and build that market. Yeah, it's I didn't really certainly th- happened here too. I it's soccer. I haven't really thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone the the cliche is you only have one chance to make a first impression, and a first impression like City's making right now. You know, if you take your eight nine year old child to a St. Louis City game and they win four nothing and it's awesome and the mm-hmm. crowd is lively, you've probably made a soccer fan for life. And that's something that growing up I never had the opportunity to see and none of any of us had the opportunity to see, you know, maybe not world class, but for America, as good as it gets in terms of pro soccer mm-hmm. and see that up close in your hometown, in your backyard is super important to not only uh, St. Louis City SC, but soccer as a sport in general in our culture. I disagree when it comes to kids. I mean, kids don't care if you win for nothing or lose for nothing. They're not going to be a fan for life if they l- I'm not going to be a fan because they lost. I don't think kids care if they win or lose. Right. I'm just saying, like something like really awesome, like seeing a bunch of goals could make them a, a soccer fan for life well, or just, a great season. Think, if the team so. is good, though, if your team is good and competing for a championship, kids they hook onto that. They know that that's. Good. I don't think so. Well, how old a kid are you talking about? And how many kids do you have? Well, maybe not a four-year-old, <laughs> but somebody who's eight or well, nine I or ten. They know. Twenty-five nieces and nephews. I know. Um, if they're five, six, seven, eight years old, they're just out there. They see the atmosphere. They like the game, the soccer. The uniforms are pretty. You know, they're attracted to that. So, Dad, I don't like soccer. They lost three nothing. 
I don't think that happens. Well, when I was that's at not age, necessarily what I was saying, but I was saying. Well, you that, said if they win four nothing, you can have a kid can be a fan for life. I mean, whether they win four nothing or lose four nothing, I don't think it matters. Right, taken into the game. But I'm saying if they're wa- if you're watching incredible soccer, including four nothing, and it's awesome for them, that can make a soccer fan. If they got if they lost zero, to, you know. Seven nothing, and the place wasn't full. Then maybe not. Well, well I think they probably saw seven goals and didn't know what team scored. I think success has got a lot out. to do with with growing the fan base for kids. When I was a little kid, and you too, the Cardinals were great. Went to the World Series three times. That had a huge impression on me. I loved baseball. Had they been the Pittsburgh Pirates, losing every year, I didn't. Eh, who cares? It makes a big difference. Oh, I think what the Cardinals are doing now are you losing a lot of fans. <laughs> so no, well, I'm not, I'm not no kidding. Fans, no. They what no they fans are doing now. is a disaster. I saw a kid at the game base. the other day, and he was sitting there when they hit that home run. He says, I'm not, I hate baseball. I'm leaving. I don't want to follow baseball. They lost. Kids don't care. I think well, Jose Locke is ruining this ball club, here's, though. Here's like, a, I'm not kidding. That's contracts he's signing. DeWitt's reluctant to get rid of him. That relationship is tumultuous. Like, it, it can up. It can, it can, it's going to ruin this fan base and this team. Hey, we'll get back to that in just a moment. But on, that was uh, a big comment there. <laughs> that was. He sucks. Where's my Mozellock's terrible. He's one of the worst GM or president oh, of baseball in the, in the business right now. So my first year of being, like, my, I always say, like, my sports consciousness awoke in 06. I was seven or eight years old. And in 06, obviously, it was the first year of Bush Stadium 3, and the Cardinals obviously went on to win the World Series. And there couldn't have been any more profound moment in my sports viewing life than watching that entire playoff run of 06 and the success that Mets series and then against the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And that had made me not only a Cardinal baseball fan for life, but like a sports fan to a major extent for life yeah. because I got to see a playoff run for a baseball team, which, you know, for me as an eight-year-old kid was super profound. It's the reason I still love baseball, and I, I can't imagine if they were the worst team in the league, I would have the same feeling towards baseball you as wouldn't. I do now. For yeah, years, see, I, in all sports, the feeling was these are expansion teams. Make them suffer like we did for years. they got to earn it. We'll, we'll give them the worst players in the league and see, see where they are 10 years from now. And now I think that thinking has changed to where let's build another market. Let's allow them to be competitive. Seattle, Kraken are, are good. Mm-hmm. The Vegas has been dynamite for yeah. the six years they've been in the league. And it really helps. It helps build a market. It helps get people excited about their teams instead of knowing that, oh, we got a team, yeah, but they're horrible, and they're going to be horrible for a long time. I just think if you're a kid, you don't care. I mean, first game I saw was in 1964. Uh, I just remember walking in a stadium with my dad and seeing the green grass and seeing the, all the people and the uniforms and Ken Boyer signed my popcorn box. I became a fan for life. I don't know what the score was. I don't know if they won or lost. Well, not, maybe not that individual game, but over the course of the season, the Cardinals were great. Cardinals how many, how many, game, how many games are, Card- are kids going to? They're not going to. You're not going to 81 games. If a kid goes to 10 games, what you watch on and TV they go two now? and eight, you're not going to be a fan anymore. So you're saying the success of a team doesn't have anything to do with as a how, kid? How much, no, I don't think I so. I think it does. It depends on how old the kid is. We're talking about. Yeah, I think if it's like if you're like five or six or f- younger. I would say no. Yeah, you don't I don't care, think man. it. Yeah, I absolutely would agree with you there, Eggs. But I think like once, especially once you get older, and like you not yeah, only now you're talking teenagers, you're not a kid anymore. I'm talking, well, I'm talking about five, six, seven, eight. They don't care if they win or lose. They just like going to baseball games. And don't you think it's a general statement? Like I think like some kids who are like the people who you really want to be into sports, those who are going to continue to buy tickets for the rest of their lives, people who are invested in sports do care about that. I think kids who don't really care about sports and just like to have fun, yeah, I don't think the score would matter at all. But true sports fan kids who are grown up with you know, sports now are more accessible than ever. Mm-hmm. They want their local teams to be really good. Well, now you're talking about a fan for life. Well, what the because kid- they were good, you know. There's, if they were bad, I'm not going to follow them anymore. Then they get good, you follow them, and they were not bad. They don't follow them, they're good. It all depends on, you know, there's some people that have been diehard Cardinal fans since they were three years old or 80. They live and die with the Cardinals. They live mm-hmm. and die with the Cardinals through the 70s. They lived and die with them in the early 90s up until La Russa got here. Crap teams, those are, those are big fans. So I, I don't think because if you win a game, ah, oh, I'm a fan. They lose. I'm not a fan it's anymore. Not, not oh, they just win. one game. No, it's over the course of time. Well, yeah. The, the reason the Cardinals draw so well and, and why this is such a good baseball time is because they're usually a good team. They're usually competitive. But Jackson was talking about the same reason why Pittsburgh can't draw flies. But Jackson was talking about going to a soccer game and if they win four, I'm not just going to pinpoint one game. But they no, win four you. nothing. You got a fan for life. 
All right, well, that's one game. Now, if they lose five in a row, you're not a fan. Then if they win seven in a row, you're a fan again. You know, it's it's you fall in love with the game, not because the team is good. But you the, may not fall in love with that team, but he's talking about soccer. Okay, I'm I'm a soccer fan for life. I'm going to play soccer. I love soccer because you know I saw this one game. There's four nothing, and the, if they play bad, they're not going to stop playing soccer. They either love the game and they want to play it, or they don't. Yeah, no, and if the team is good, you're going to go watch them. For the most part, if a team sucks, you're not going to go watch them. Right. I think generally you're absolutely right in that case. But I, I, I didn't go back to, you know, some Tim's not here today, but I'm going to tell a Tim story on his oh, behalf. Right. He always talks about that first game he got to see in 1982 with the inside the park home run and mm-hmm. how much of a profound moment that was in his sports viewing life. And I think that there is an element to that, that first impression a team makes on you when you first go to a game. And they could lose, you know, 2-1 or something or something. But it doesn't – but that that energy you can't, like, recreate for a first time. And if the energy is there, and especially it helps if the team wins – then I think that could truly make a fan. So if that life. guy got thrown out of home plate, Trevor inside the park home run, Tim said, ah, hell with this game. Well, this is now we're getting into, now we're nitpicking a little bit. By the time I was seven or eight, I cared passionately whether the Cardinals oh, won yeah. or lost. Yeah. It, nothing was more important in my life than if the Cardinals <laughs> won or lost. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. And because they've been generally so good for most of my lifetime, that's got a lot to do with why I'm still a huge fan and why so many people in St. Louis love the Cardinals because they're usually really good. I was like that in 82. I went, I went nuts when they won in 82. I was at the game, and I was screaming. We went to a bar afterwards. I was screaming at the bar. And, um, but regardless of I just became a fan of baseball that I didn't really – I would listen to it on the radio, my transistor. I was a fan of the Cardinals. And granted, they were good in the 60s. Um, then you get into the 70s, they sucked. Well, they were and a lot remember, of times they were I don't contenders. remember really paying attention to them in the 70s. Three times they came within like two games of winning the division. So they were contenders. They didn't win any championships, but for the most part, they were contending. So I'm like everybody else. When they're when they're winning and they're good, I love watching them. When they, they suck, I don't. But it turned me into a baseball fan. Then I started playing baseball as a kid and Corey League and, uh, you know, all through high school and you know, I just enjoyed playing. And that's because going to the Cardinals as a kid turned me on to baseball. Well, that's our but whole it, premise here: is that soccer's got the same thing going now. The team is good, but I don't know if they. I don't know if they won or not. It. My first game, I wanted to play baseball after that. I don't know if they won or won, won or lost. I just know I, I liked watching this sport, and I like this is a fun sport. I think I'm going to play this, not because they won or lost. Well, I suspect the Cardinals' success had a lot to do with why you were interested in it. We got we got text here and telling me what I did. <laughs> yeah, we got text here and it's really, shrink. It's <laughs> this very confusing text. Doug is the best, but his lack of Mizzou knowledge, particularly football, and his blind love for the Cardinals and baseball is terrible. That's from Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> My lack of knowledge with Mizzou football. I don't. Why would this come in right now? I don't it's know. just like a text that should have been sent. I've never been ago. the world's biggest Mizzou <laughs> football fan, but I, but I your lack of it. knowledge is really hurting this guy and your blind love for the Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> Did he win the Was he on the winning side? Grant. Well, that's Grant. Yeah. Well, he showed up to Appomattox Court Courthouse soused. Yes, he was ahead of the Union Army there yeah. at the end. I wasn't sure if he was on the winning team. I don't know if he was south or north. For heaven's sake. Well, Robert E. Lee was the general of the South. Right. Yeah, that's how, that's how I remember it. Lee, his first initial, his last initial, L, loss. There so you go. Lee lost. Yep, Robert E. Lee lost. And uh, if they would have put the capital, Doug's, other than Richmond, might have ended up differently. But that was a bad strategic choice to put the capital in Richmond. Yeah, too to close. To yeah. North, yeah. yeah, way too close. Uh, all right. Uh, we are coming up here on the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today. Still some time to send that in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Sign up at TMASTL.com to be the Milagro Tequila Listener of the Month. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro. And uh, the Strodecast head into the weekend brought to you by Paramount Men's Medical Center. Got ED or PE. Enhance your performance in the bedroom and see instant results on your first office visit. Call 314-720-8210. Iggy, warm weather and possible rain on Sunday. Is that correct? Yeah, get out and enjoy it, and enjoy it anyway. I mean, it's going to be warm, 88 degrees. Might hit 90 on Sunday, but I don't think so. Uh, Saturday should be fine. Uh, Sunday, some rain is going to come in, but, you know, it's not going to ruin your entire day. So, you know, let the kids make you breakfast in the morning, dads, and, you know, then you return the favor, get that barbecue going early, and then if it starts raining, just uh, stand out there with an umbrella. 
There it is. That's the Strode cast presented by oh. Paramount Men's Medical breaking Center. That new, breaking that new grill, Doug. Absolutely, yeah. I broke it in last night. Hey, happy father. What'd you cook? Did you have chicken? I had, we had some turkey burgers, Ooh. and I put salmon burgers on there, and they fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah you, you got to put work. them in the air fryer. You need something thick. You can't put some salmon on there. Salmon's going to break up. It, it, it gave grilling instructions right on the package. <laughs> <laughs> Still couldn't follow. Didn't work. Hey, happy Father's Day, Doug. Well, happy thank fa- you. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers out yeah, there. Yeah, I told everybody happy Father's Day yesterday. I thought it was Friday. It, was, it wasn't until I was almost asleep that I said, it's not Friday. I had to set my alarm. You were all asleep. day I thought it was Friday because of Thursday going to the baseball game. I counted. Wednesday. I, so you're still confused. I figure that as a TMA event. Yeah. And normally our TMA live events, our TMA lives are on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So I just, all day, I thought it was Friday. I'm sitting on the couch Friday, Friday, Friday. Went to bed. And I said, oh, it's, I got to set the alarm. It's Thursday. So I almost didn't set the alarm. I wasn't going to wake up. Really? Well, I'm glad we, we, we are all here and, uh, and we provided hot content for the listeners. Mm-hmm. It is now time for the design air heating and cooling. Okay. Email today. You know who's in a heap of trouble? The St. Louis Baseball Cardinals. That's who. It starts at the top. Case in point, the show was horrible today without Tim. Calls drop. Iggy following Cal May during the show. Iggy taking constant breaks. You know what? I'm going to admit something. I'm getting my info from the fan page. So there could be falsehoods in what I'm saying. In my defense, it's a son of a gun to get YouTube reception at the marina. But I get Facebook cray-cray. And that's the story of the time I sent in an email today submission from the main channel of Lake Perry five minutes after I got a handy from my new friend Jimmy, who has the sea ray in the slip next to me at the marina. Oh. Uh, first name Ben, last name Overbidge. Ben Overbidge. Well, I took two breaks today, so it's normal, and you don't have a marina. Your free dotum piece of crap just sits there on a dinghy. What in the world? He's got a dinghy? He's got a dinghy now. His free dotum sink. Who are we talking about? Kevin Miller. Oh, that was him? I thought it was bend over, bitch. Uh, I, th- I seethe for him. I simp for him. I am his, and he is my prize. His khaki, pleated. His Oxfords, wing-tipped. His wallet, fat. His bulge, delicious. Oh. He's a size queen, and he likes the size of my pearly haunches. Grab me, Mr. Vaughn. Grab me and give me a, tour- a twirl. Let me take a ride on you. Iggy can watch. It's from Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. Uh, oh, I think this one comes from a female. Doubtful. Let's take, let's take a look. As a 22-year-old bi-curious, recently college-graduated sorority queen. Oh, I guess she is. You can imagine how moist the 7 o'clock retirement hour Social Security discussion made me. <laughs> Still trying to mop it all up. And then when two 60-somethings, a 150-pound twinklet, their balding 25-year-old boss, and the guy pouring milk on his boy nipples on TikTok, Mm. who for some reason is there every day, started talking erect penises rankings by nations, me and all my naughty little tried-out sisters couldn't help but start passionately kissing so intensely that we almost missed the sponsorless segment where Plowsy described pictures of L.A. real estate from Zillow that the listeners (laughs) couldn't see. It's a good segment. It was nice. But the TMA crew, once for our chapter's talent show next year. We'd love to have you. The orange grandpa looks like the old lady from NCIS can show off his availability to keep his phone, or has ability to keep his phone on silent when he angrily picks it up to check an email anytime the conversation is about someone other than him. Jackson can put that dumper on display and drop it like it's hot to Uptown Funk, and Plowsy can mm. chug milk while we ring-toss glazed donuts onto his erect hog like oh. we're at an OnlyFans carnival. Smooches, that's from Jefferson College Tri-Deltas. Jefferson College Tri-Deltas. It's actually from Pop-Up on Jeez, the Beat. Dude. It's actually from Pop-Pop on the Beat, so it's not nice. Jeffco has Tri-Deltas? Pop-Up on the Beach. On the Beat, so it's not nice. Pop-Up. On the beat, so it's not nice. Shout what does Mur- that mean? Shout out Murder Beats. Uh, where's Tim? People say he'll be back on Monday. Do you really expect me to watch a three-hour YouTube live stream of Pepper and Genie with headphones strode yammering on about Jared Fogle and Plow Twitter scrolling on his phone? Not happening. Oh. I ain't to reread the treaty from the Geneva Convention, but I'm pretty sure today's show is illegal because it's a form of cruel and unusual torture. Iggy is acting exactly like the silly seventh grader when his class is a substitute teacher, wearing headphones on the bill of his hat, not knowing when to shut up, and disappearing from class to wander the halls. At least Doug is cute, and Jackson seems to be getting hotter and hotter by oh. the day. 
Oh, I almost forgot to mention that Ricky and Xander weren't the only two men to go low yesterday. My stepdad Gary and I took turns getting on our knees to explore each other's greasy grundles. Uh, no. And let me just say that Gary should probably shower more often. Oh. For police, the JV golf coach now gaping. <laughs> JV golf coach now gaping. <laughs> uh, and finally. I'm sorry all the emails were trash yesterday. I needed a day off following a marathon Wednesday that started with breakfast, bourbon, and fries at Salt and Smee and ended with the Flaming Lips at St. Louis Music Park around 11 p.m. Shout out to this Shrewsbury seat sniffer who I seem to run into at every game I see there. As far, every show I see there, apologies. As far as male lead singer I'd sleep with at the drop of a hat, I'll go Hamilton Leithauser from The Walkman. So, um, yeah, are we done talking about Iggy's retirement? On Wednesday, Iggy effectively workshopped his retirement plan, which consisted of faking his own death, passing his outstanding debts onto his next of kin, and start and stalking well-heeled nudists from behind shrubs at Hallover Beach. Mm -hmm. It's a foolproof plan, because all Iggy really needs is a public shower and some nice naked people who always bring extra food to the nude beach so he can watch the seagulls and feral retirees fight over the scraps. That's right. <laughs> the show advanced when Doug's Atticus Finch caliber line of questioning painted Iggy into a perverted corner. Iggy explained, there are perverts that hide behind the bushes and take pictures of people. Doug asked, what about the perverts that, you're, that are walking around naked? Iggy fired back, that's not a pervert. You know what? You are so dense. Doug continued, I think you, should, you could be described as a pervert if you're walking around at a nude beach in the Miami area. Iggy doubled down. No, you aren't. Just because you don't like wearing clothes on the beach and you're allowed to go naked, and you do, and you're a pervert? Doug went all in and said, yeah, I think so. Iggy asked, so you're calling me a pervert? Doug replied, in that, in that case, that's of what's left of Iggy's self-awareness kicked in, and he mumbled, well, if the shoe fits. Oh, with a tangled web we weave. Oh. That comes from Buck. Swope. Buck Swope with a nice little email this morning. He just recapped it, what we talked about yesterday. But in Wednesday, a nice way. Uh, and that does it for the design air, heating and cooling. Email today, Doug. Uh, what do you got? Well, it was nice to hear from the sorority girl. Yeah. So I guess a pop pop beat, so it's not so nice. <laughs> I guess Close I'll, enough. I guess I'll vote for him. Eggs? Vote, please. JV Golf Coach. Uh, JV, JV Golf, golf Coach now gaping. I kind of liked Buck Swope. I'm going to go with Buck Swope, so we'll go to the Speaker of the House, the Plowhawk. Plowsy, you with us? I liked Buck from the beginning. Did you? Buck Swope. Buck Swope! Oh, and it was good to talk to him on Wednesday on uh, Stephen Wildwood's apartment as well. Nice. Well, Buck you, Swope. People know you know what to do. Just recap the show from the day before and email it in. You might win. Yep. That, that's been happening for years now, though, I feel like. Mm -hmm. well, Buck Swope captures his fifth victory in the month of June. Gosh, this guy is dominating. Really has. Especially coming off the heels of being the Milagro Tequila Lister in the month for the month of May. He's had himself quite a little time. Big time to be Buck Swope. It's a mm -hmm. big time to be a Buck Swope. It's a big time to be a father. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, enjoy yourself on Sunday. And uh, that's going to shut us down for the rest of the day. If you're okay. uh, usually listening to Bloom Party from 10 to 11, Randy, Carrie, and uh, Brooke Grimsley, along with Matt Rocchio, uh, we'll be running uh, our hour on 101 ESPN, so go check them out. And we'll be back to full strength on Monday. Thank you to KG and O-Town for coming in. Appreciate you as always, brother. Yeah, I love you guys. Oh, yeah, I, I love you. you. Love you. We All love the love the in the world. Yeah. yeah, thank you for the donuts yeah, especially. Right? Uh, that's going to do it for Douglas Elvin Vaughn, for Darren the Plowhawk Atkins, for Ken Iggy Strode, for Tim McKern, who is out today for KG and O-Town. I'm Action Jackson. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After Live from the Michelob Ultra Studios.